So throughout this year, our, our focus as a church has been on a king and a cause. To worship a king and to live for his cause. And, and at Christmas time, we celebrate the birth of the king. I heard this great quote that thousands of times throughout history, a baby has become a king, but only one time did a king become a baby. And that is what happened at Christmas time. King Jesus chose to come humbly as a child as a gift for us. Isaiah 9 verse 6 to 7 says, For to us a child was born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And so we can focus often at Christmas of what the gift of Jesus, the gift he has given us, hope, life, joy, grace, peace. We've received so much from him. But my question to us today is what do we bring to him in return? You know, as Floris said before, that Jesus said it's better to give than to receive. And we've received so much, and we are so blessed by Jesus. But what would we bring to him this Christmas? It's wonderful giving gifts. And we see in Matthew chapter 2, you know, there's an example of the wise men, the magi, who came to Jesus bearing gifts, gold, frankincense, myrrh. And they bought gifts fit for a king. Gifts fit for a king. So how do we bring a gift fit for a king? I don't know about you, but when it comes to gift giving, I'm happy giving gifts. I love giving gifts, but the, the process of choosing and selecting gifts, that could be a challenge sometimes. You know, maybe, maybe you agonise over finding the perfect gift. You know, I hate giving a gift that someone goes, oh, thank you, that's nice, and then puts it on the shelf and forgets about it. Those socks and undies that you gather over the years or things like that. I'm thankful in my family, uh, my mum throughout our years, we, she would encourage us to write down a list of the things that we'd like for Christmas. Not saying we'd get everything, but I'm sure mum did it just so it would make her life a whole lot easier and so she didn't even think, okay, what am I going to get, Mitch? What am I going to get, Nathan? What am I going And so it just made life a whole lot easier. I'm thankful, you know, I've carried that on in my family. Belinda's taken it to another whole level. She makes, I kind of cheat. She just comes home and says, Mitch, I've bought myself a Christmas present. You can, and I've put it away here. I'm like, that makes life a whole lot easier. It takes the guessing out of it. But what about when it comes to bringing a gift to Jesus, the king of kings? I don't know about you, but I don't hang out with kings very much, so I don't know what they like. And it seems to me like they might have everything. So how do I know what to bring the king? If I want to bring a gift fit for a king, well, how do I know? Well, thankfully, throughout the word, it's like Jesus has written us a gift list, things that he would desire from us. Things that we can come and give to him which would bring joy to him, which would satisfy him. And so let's have a look in, in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. In the Amplified Version, Paul says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves set apart as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent 
act of worship. Paul urges us to come and bring ourselves as a living sacrifice. Sacrifice, it's not something we talk about much in modern day terms, about sacrificing something. And, you know, it can be a bit morbid thinking about sacrifice, but Paul makes it a bit nicer. Okay, come and bring a living sacrifice. But what does that look like, a living sacrifice? How does that apply to our lives? I think it's actually harder than bringing a a real sacrifice because you make a sacrifice and then it's done. But a living sacrifice, that's kind of something that you have to keep doing continually over and over. And a living sacrifice, you can kind of, you know, if you think I'm going to lay my life down as a living sacrifice. And so we, we sit, we say, God, I'm offering myself as a living sacrifice, but then I get distracted by work or or by trials in life, or by family, or things, and oh, quick, I've got to come back and give my sacrifice. It's like asking a child to sit down in the same place for five minutes, and then you turn around and they've disappeared. And we could be like that with God sometimes. God, I want to give you my life as a sacrifice, and then we just get distracted. A sacrifice, a living sacrifice, is something that needs to be offered continually. Over and over, day after day, God, I bring myself as a living sacrifice to you. But also a sacrifice is something that's costly. It's not, I don't want to, and when I'm bringing a gift fit for a king, I don't want to bring my leftovers. I don't want to re-gift to Jesus. You know, I've received this and I give you my second best, Lord. No, I want to give him something that's costly. In 2 Samuel 24, David is there and he's coming to worship God and and he comes to God, the prophet instructs him to go to this field of a man named Aruna. And so David comes to Aruna and Aruna's like, oh, I'll just, I'll give you the ox. I'll give you the threshing floor. I'll give you everything. And here was David's response in one, uh, 2 Samuel 24, verse 24. But the king replied to Aruna, no, I insist on paying you for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. So David brought the threshing floor and the oxen and paid 50 shekels of silver for them. I want to bring a costly gift to the king. Hasn't he given us so much? So how can I not give him something that's costly to me? I don't want to cheap out on Jesus. I want to give him my best. And so a sacrifice is is continual. It's costly. And I think, you know, it costs because... Here on earth, we can, like I said, we get so distracted by things around us. We've got a choice in the matter. Will you choose to bring a gift? You know, I think when we get to heaven, there's no choice. We're going to be glorifying him for eternity. It's, we're there to glorify God for eternity, but here we have a choice. Are you going to keep giving your sacrifice and are you going to come and bring something costly? So will we give him a gift that's fit for a king? What could we bring him? I just want to highlight three things throughout the word that I believe are are gifts that we can give that are fit for a king. There's probably many more that you can focus on, but I just want to focus on these three. And firstly, we can bring a sacrifice of praise. Hebrews 13 verse 15. Through him, therefore, let us at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. 
Just before we came, we glorified the name of Jesus. We glorified God in our praise. We lifted up his name in this place. And praise is about who God is. It's about who Jesus is. He is amazing. He is wonderful. He is worthy of praise. I think, though, sometimes we can get praise and gratitude mixed up. And we lose our gratitude and we forget that praise is about who God is. It's about his character. And we can think, God, what have you done for me lately? Life's so hard. Life's tough. I'm going through trials and struggles. Oh, it's hard to praise. But it's not about your circumstance. It's about God's character. He is good. He is worthy of praise. Life can be a mess. Life can be crazy. Life can be tough. But God is still worthy of praise. In Job, in chapter 1, Job is going through immense trial. He's lost all his possessions. He's lost his livestock. Everything's died and his children have been killed. And here's Job and he's going through the worst trial. And here in verse 20, verse 21 of chapter 1, it says, Job stood up and tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. He said, I came naked from my mother's womb and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had. And the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise has nothing to do with your circumstance. It has everything to do with God's character. He is good. He is worthy of praise. I read it before. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It's who he is. He is worthy of praise. Psalm 103 verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and let all that is within me bless his holy name. How often do we come and we bless God? We give him our praise with all that is within us. You know, I think ultimately when you think about a sacrifice of praise, what it is is a sacrifice of our pride. It's saying, God, I'm not king, you are, and I praise you as king. God, I'm not in control, you are, and I praise you as such. And it's laying down our pride and saying, God, it's not about me, it's not about who I am, it's about who you are. And I glorify your name because you are the name above every name. And David, he gave us this example, In you read in the scriptures, he danced before the Lord with all his might. He came and he was willing to look foolish before God. didn't matter about his own pride and his own self. He just wanted to glorify God with all his might. I want to live like that. You know, I'm a self-confessed sport addict. And I know often at times I'm willing to look a fool at the footy and I'm contained in the church. And we can, we can be like that in different places where we're look, willing to look foolish But in church, oh, you know, yeah, praise Jesus. But man, God is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of everything. I don't want to hold back. I don't want to be reserved in church. This is not the place to be reserved. It's the place to come and give our all to him. You know, just speaking of the footy and in whenever the grand final was, I didn't plan this well, but I was flying back from holidays overseas right when the grand final was on. And so I had a stopover in Singapore. I landed and got off the plane, connected to the Wi-Fi, and put my phone on, and there were seven minutes left in the grand final. 
Penrith is losing by two points. I didn't know what had happened up until that point, the miraculous comeback. Sorry, Bulldogs fans, Mick, that, yeah, we won't talk about that. But Panthers were there, and so I'm sitting down in the airport, and Nathan Cleary goes over to score, and I jump out of my seat, and I'm, I'm like in the middle of Singapore Airport. I'm willing to look a fool for a game of footy for some people kicking around a rubber ball filled with air. And we're willing to look a fool for that stuff, but when it comes to glorifying God, I can be too reserved. I don't want to be so prideful that I can't praise God with all my might, that I would bring everything before him. So let's bring a gift fit for a king, a sacrifice of pride ultimately, a sacrifice of praise ultimately a sacrifice of our pride. Secondly, we can bring a sacrifice of obedience. John 14, 15, Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. He makes it simple for us. He gives us a gift list. Gift list. If you love me, obey me. It's simple, and we can overcomplicate stuff so much sometimes, but we can just bring a sacrifice of obedience. Jesus said in Luke 6, verse 46 to 47, Why are you so polite with me, always saying, Yes, sir, and that's right, sir, but never doing a thing I tell you? These words I speak to you are not mere additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundation words, words to build a life on. I don't want to just... Be polite with Jesus, just give him lip service. I want to obey him and live out the, the precepts and the things he set before me. Andy Stanley said this, Too many Christians are content to believe rather than to do. And we can get so content, I believe in Jesus. Yes, I believe in the things he said, they're good. But do I put them into practice? Am I walking them out? Am I giving Jesus a sacrifice of obedience? James 1 verse 22, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. I don't want to fool myself. I don't want to give Jesus lip service and just believe in what he says. I want to walk it out each and every day in my life. I want to give him the gift of obedience because I love him. He's given me so much. The least I could do is obey his word and walk out the things that he's called for me to walk out. How are you putting the words of Jesus into practice in your life? Are we walking out each day in obedience to him? You know, as I said, praise is really a sacrifice of our pride. A sacrifice of obedience, well, I think that is a sacrifice of our will. I'm laying down my will, my way, my thoughts, my ideas, my dreams, and I'm saying, God, I'm living in your way. Am I prepared to lay down my will? You look at the example of Jesus. He came as a king, a king born as a baby, but he died as a criminal because he was willing to lay down his life. Luke 22, verse 42. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. He laid down his life for us. He died a death for us. Are we willing to lay down our will? Are we prepared to lay down ourselves before Jesus and say, I give my life for you. I want to obey you day in and day out. This Christmas, this time of year, let's bring a gift fit for a king, a sacrifice of praise, a sacrifice of obedience, and thirdly, a sacrifice of love 
for others. Micah 6, verse 6 to 8 says, With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with tens of thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly before your God? We can come and bring many things to God, but what he, he loves, what he requires of us, is that we would do justice, love kindness, serve others, live for others, love others. 1 John 3 verse 11, For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. In verse 16, it goes on, it says, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against them, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. A sacrifice of love for others. Now, it's a sacrifice because sometimes people are hard to love, especially maybe at this time of year. You know, you have the family together and there's that one family member who just rubs you the wrong way and yet Jesus calls you to love them. It's a sacrifice of love or those people who get around you and they're, they're tough to love, but God calls us to love them anyway. And you think Jesus didn't know about this? He loved Judas, the man who was going to betray him, he loved his executioners. He cared for them. He cared for those around him. And so Jesus doesn't ask us to do something that he hasn't done himself. It's a sacrifice of love for others. A sacrifice of praise is, is the laying down of our pride. A sacrifice of obedience is the laying down of our will. And a sacrifice of love for others is the laying down of ourself. We say, oh, it's not about me. I'm going to live for others. I'm going to live to build others up, to love others, to care for them, to look out for them. Philippians 2 verse 4, don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Lift others up. Put yourself aside. It's so easy to look to myself, my needs, my wants, everything that I want. But when we sacrifice and when we bring a sacrifice of love for others, we say, it's not about me, it's about me helping others. How can I care for those in my world? So let's bring a gift fit for a king this Christmas. A sacrifice of praise, laying down our pride. A sacrifice of obedience, laying down our will, and a sacrifice of love for others, laying down ourself. In Psalm 51, David had just been confronted with his sin. He'd messed up terribly. He'd uh, slept with Bathsheba, committed adultery. He'd uh, called for the death of Uriah, and David's in a mess. And so he gets confronted and he's like, and Psalm 51 is the recording of David's response to God in that moment. And he's trying to restore a relationship with God in himself. And he's thinking of, and 
as you read through, I think he's thinking of how can I bring something to honour God, to, to restore that relationship, to do something that would appease him in a sense. And in verse 16 of Psalm 51, it says, You do not desire sacrifice or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. See, ultimately what God wants is your heart. He wants you. And when I lay down my pride, when I lay down my will, when I lay down myself, I'm giving of myself, of my heart to him. And I can do it in the big moments, but I think it's also about the mundane. It's about the day-to-day. I think Jesus wants to inherit the boring stuff in your life, inhabit the boring stuff. He wants to be with you in every moment, not just the big moments, that you would walk with him day by day. In that scripture I read at the start, it's Romans 12 verse 1 in the message, it sums it up so, so well. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and you're walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Bring him your pride. Bring him your will. Bring him yourself and bring him your every day, your every waking moment. Honour Jesus with your life. Give him everything. Oswald Chambers said this, The cost to your natural life is not just one or two things, but everything. Jesus doesn't ask for much, just everything. And if I'm really to bring a gift fit for a king, it's everything. Jesus, I give you my all. Everything I am, I give to you. My pride, my will, myself, my emotions, my fears, my worries. Jesus, I give it all to you. And whether you've been a Christian for five minutes, for 50 years, we can all come back to Jesus afresh and say, Jesus, I give you everything. I lay myself down at your feet, a living sacrifice. And maybe today you've never done that before. You're going to have a moment, in just a moment, an opportunity to respond to Jesus. So can I invite you to stand and I want to pray over us. And today as we finish out this year, as we are in this Christmas season, yes, we think about all the amazing things we've received from Jesus. But let's think about what we can give to him, a gift fit for a king. Lord Jesus, today, we want to glorify you. You are worthy of our praise. And Lord, we want to lay down our lives afresh as a living sacrifice. Not just once, not just twice, but every day, Jesus, we come to glorify you, to give you of ourselves. We lay everything before you. I pray you wouldn't help us to hold back, but Lord, you would help us to give all we are to you. We honour you and we glorify you, Jesus, in your wonderful name. Amen.